So during the conference, there was a session on uh, diagnostics for pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, and at the outset, we started off with talking about the 2018 ATS guidelines for diagnosing IPF, and particularly focusing on CAT scans. The most recent diagnostic criteria categorize CAT scans into four different categories, uh, including definite, probable, indeterminate, and alternative diagnoses, which actually represents a chain, change from the 2011 criteria, which included three diagnostic categories, including a, a possible category that was actually eliminated um, in the 2018 criteria. Um, in addition, there were also recommendations for the different uh, types of technologies um, that needed to be used for, uh, for obtaining the CAT scan images, such as volumetric techniques as well. The other few sessions in that category, uh, there was a session looking at future possible techniques for CAT scans. Um, the interpretation of CAT scans at this point uh, is really limited mostly to visual scoring systems. And with the new advanced technologies that we have, there are opportunities to actually quantify fibrosis. And so there was presentation of uh, different techniques um, that involve potentially applying those volumetric techniques so that we actually have more objective data in detecting fibrosis early and also to be able to follow changes in fibrosis over time in a much more sensitive way than what we can really do with visual scores. Additionally, there's been a lot of interest in cryobiopsies, and there was a session on cryobiopsies as well. In certain situations, patients need to go on to getting a tissue diagnosis when the CAT scan findings are not definitive for idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Surgical biopsies certainly offer the best amount of tissue and probably most accurate diagnoses, but they come with it a higher morbidity and mortality rates. Transbronchial biopsies, unfortunately, don't offer generally sufficient amounts of tissue, and so with the advent of cryobiopsies, there's an opportunity to obtain larger, larger specimen sizes. The important part of that is to actually evaluate the risk-benefit of doing cryobiopsies. So in terms of looking at the risks, the potential risks of cryobiopsy, is there a higher risk of pneumothorax? Uh, is there a higher risk of bleeding? Um, and is it true that we're actually able to validate a diagnosis uh, better than we can using transbronchial biopsies? And so there's some interesting data coming out. There was a recent study, the cold eye study, that actually took patients. It was a prospective multicenter study. It took patients who underwent both cryobiopsies as well as surgical biopsies and really had some promising results that really could improve diagnostic accuracy over time. Uh, I think a lot more work needs to be done. Certainly cryobiopsies need to be done uh, in centers that are very familiar with performing the techniques, but it's a really exciting, uh, exciting field for the future. So, so one of the developments for IPF has been a reliance more on the pictures of the lung, the so-called images from CT scans of the chest, and less of a reliance on surgical lung biopsies that require um, a physician opening up the chest under general anesthesia and then cutting out parts of the lung. And so with that change, um, more of the nuances of what we see and what we don't see on the CT scans are very important for making an accurate diagnosis of IPF. 
And so that session was de um, devoted to really talking more about the nuances, about um, what is what the CT scan itself can tell us, as well as some newer ways to get pieces of the lung that may not be as harmful to patients as a surgical lung biopsy. Thank you.